I've started adding Organifi's unflavored collagen into my food every single day. It's sourced from four real food ingredients, including pasture-raised cows, wild-caught fish, eggshell membranes, and organic bone broth protein. It helps replenish and rebuild the body's most abundant protein, and you'll enjoy the benefits of healthy skin, hair, and strong nails. You can easily integrate it into your day as I have by adding it into your morning coffee or your favorite stew, meal, or dessert, or into one of your other favorite Organifi beverages such as Glow. Organifi's superfood blends offer plant-based nutrition and high-quality ingredients. Each blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses, and they are such a great replacement for those sugary snacks you're tempted to reach for in the afternoon or late at night before bed. The best part is that you can experience Organifi's high-quality superfoods without breaking the bank. Head over to www.organifi.com slash bestofyou and use code bestofyou for 20% off your entire order. That's www www.organifi.com slash best of you. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Allison, and I'm so glad you're here to discover what brings out the best of you. This podcast is all about breaking free from painful patterns, mending the past, and discovering our true selves in God. I can't wait to get started as we learn together how to become the best version of who we are with God's help. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Best of You podcast. I'm so glad you're here. We are starting a new series this week that I'm so excited about. It flows perfectly out of the last series. It's called Faith Talks, and we're going to hit on some of the big topics that relate to our spiritual well-being, because here's the thing. We know that there is no bifurcation between our spiritual health and our mental and emotional and even our physical health. They're all connected. There's a well-researched link between our mental and spiritual and even our physical health and well-being. There's a pretty large and increasingly growing body of research that shows that involvement in spiritual practices such as prayer, weekly gatherings, forgiveness, grace, etc., all of these things link to improved mental health, greater well-being, more hope, and even greater sense of life satisfaction. They give us purpose, and we need purpose to feel healthy in our lives, right? These spiritual practices feed into a sense of community and belonging, a sense of resilience, right? They can help us face adversity. Those topics we talked about back in episodes 72 and 73, And so in this series, we're going to unpack some of these faith topics with a psychological lens. In today's episode, we're going to talk about prayer. And I wanted to share with you some of the scientific evidence in the scientific community related to prayer and how it benefits us. Now, the data I'm going to share with you is from a Wall Street Journal article on the science of prayer. So this is not data that is necessarily coming out of religious institutions. And I just thought it was so interesting. So the scientific research into prayer shows some of the following. Number one, it can calm your nervous system. It can help you shut down that fight or flight response. Now, we talk about that a little bit in this episode, how you can shift to types of prayer that actually facilitate calming your nervous system instead of activating your nervous system. 
prayer can help you work with your negative emotions. And prayer fosters a sense of connection with God and with others. And I thought this was so interesting that there was a 2005 study in the Journal of Behavioral Medicine that compared, quote unquote, secular meditation with spiritual meditation. And here's how they quantified the difference. In secular meditation, you might meditate on a self-affirmation such as, I am love, right? In a spiritual meditation, you would meditate on words that affirm a higher power such as, God is love, right? Notice the difference between meditating on a statement, I am love, versus meditating on the statement, God is love. Now, this was a scientific research project where they compared these two different groups. And in this study, as reported by the Wall Street Journal, researchers found that the group that practiced the spiritual meditation, meaning the group that focused on the phrase, God is love, right, that focused their attention on a higher power outside of myself, a God who is separate from me, This group actually showed a more significant decrease in anxiety. So all of meditation is correlated with a decrease in anxiety and stress and an increase in more positive emotions, right? But in this particular study, the spiritual meditation that focused on the phrase, God is love, showed a greater decrease in anxiety and a greater improvement in mood. They also showed a greater experience to tolerate pain. In fact, as the Wall Street Journal says, they tolerated pain almost twice as long as the group that used a secular meditation. And so I just thought this was really interesting where science comes in and shows we need a connection to something outside of us, to a God who loves us. It's not just only within us, right? And that's a little bit where our culture is going, right? God is inside of us, And while I talk a lot as a psychologist about the importance of locating your internal locus of control, you need to have a sense of yourself. You cannot do that work apart from the God who made you, the God who is actually love. The final thing that I thought was really interesting from this article, and I talk about this in The Best of You, that when we approach God as a partner as a collaborator in our lives. That's when we see these improved outcomes in our mental and emotional life. But when we see a God who's angry with us, a God who's punishing us, or a God who abandons us or abuses us, we start to see worse outcomes, right? So it matters what you believe about the God to whom you're connecting. Is this a God who loves you? Is this a God who's for you? Is this a God who takes you by the hand and walks with you through the trials that you face? A God who doesn't necessarily rescue you out of everything, but who comes to be with you in the mess. It matters what you believe about God. So in today's episode, we talk about this. How do you invite God into the hard stuff. And for the episode, I wanted to invite Kayla Craig on to talk with me about prayer. I love what Kayla's doing. She's the creator of a podcast and a popular Instagram page called Liturgies for Parents, where she shares nuanced and nurturing prayers for you to borrow for what she calls your fantastic, dirty, messy, holy life. 
She's the parent to four kids, and she's the author of a brand new book called Every Season Sacred, Reflections, Prayers, and Invitations to Nourish Your Soul and Nourish Your Family Throughout the Year. It's a beautiful book that's organized through the four seasons, right? Fall, winter, spring, and summer with a reflection and insight, as well as prayers that you can pray both for yourself and with your family. It's just a gorgeous book. And so I'm thrilled to bring you this conversation with Kayla Craig. I'd love to go back in time for a moment, right? I'm sure this grew out of your own experience of faith and of prayer in particular. What was your relationship with prayer early on? Tell us a little bit about who you were spiritually, emotionally, as a young woman. Go back as far as, as feels right to you. Well, I think what I'm so grateful for as I look to see kind of who I was then, who I'm now, and and who I'm becoming, is that my faith has really been woven by so many different backgrounds and perspectives within the home of Christianity. And so I grew up in a more mainline tradition where there were some rhythms of liturgy, but kind of attended church off and on. My husband grew up very strict, fundamentalist, evangelical, his dad. Baptist pastor, you know, so we had very different experiences. So when we got married, we really had to figure out, like, who are we? How do we make our faith our own, you know? And so we have been part of so many different denominations. And while, you know, nobody's perfect, and there's, of course, pain involved in being human and being together, and there's very legitimate hurt within Christian circles and church communities, I do find that I'm also grateful. I'm grateful for, you know, the ways that my Catholic friends teach me to approach prayer in a different way. And I'm grateful for kind of the impromptu boldness that my Pentecostal friends have. And, you know, like all of these different expressions of faith, there's something that can be gleaned from that. And I feel really grateful when I reflect on how that has affected my prayer life, you know, because there isn't just one way to pray. There's not one wrong way to pray or one right way to pray. And so I feel really grateful for all of the people and the ways of thinking and the approaches to prayer that have kind of brought me to where I am and where I'm going. Yeah, I am curious, and I'll go first. I'm curious how prayer functioned for you, if you can even think back early on. So for me, for example, I talk about I wasn't raised Catholic, although my mom is actually Catholic now and was Catholic, but kind of left the Catholic Church when she married my dad. And so I was raised Protestant. But I remember a lot of Hail Mary prayers. And I don't mean literally Hail Mary. I mean, just like, God, please save me. God, please save me. And I remember a feeling of activation. I wouldn't have described it as that back then, but it was kind of from an activated nervous system state and not feeling a lot of relief in those prayers. Right. Right. But it was prayer and God honors all prayer. And so my relationship with prayer has changed. And I'm just curious for you, is there an early moment of really feeling like, because prayer right at its heart is conversation with God. That's right. Yeah, exactly. It's not this weird religious. It's just simply a conversation with God. And sometimes it's just listening. Yeah. And so how did you begin to really experience that? Do you have a moment where you kind of noticed 
wait, this is this is me and God here. Well, I'll share one brief little story from my childhood, and I write about it in Every Season Sacred, but we lived in this small house on a very busy road, and my room had hardwood floors, and so I had this, you know, metal kind of bed frame on the hardwood floors, and if a car was driving by late at night with loud music, my bed would shake. And I just remember being awake and feeling so scared in that moment, just laying there in bed and feeling so scared. And I just, for whatever reason, just prayed right there, like, God, I'm scared. God, be with me. And I felt like God was with me. And it's like a hard thing to even describe. I had never felt that way. It's still very vivid in my mind now in my mid-30s, you know, but it was just this moment of like, Jesus is with me right now in a way that I had maybe thought Jesus is with me at vacation Bible school or Jesus is with me when I go to church on Sunday sometimes. But really, it was just this very intimate, you know, it was my first experience of God where my parents weren't around, where church leader wasn't around. It was just me. And it felt so intimate, just the sense of peace. And I just remember going to bed and falling asleep. And it was just like a peace that cannot be explained. And so that was a really beautiful kind of moment in my life. And I think about that now. My own kids are experiencing God in their own ways and knowing that like I cannot manufacture that for them. They are going to experience the divine in their life in ways that I will not ever be a part of, you know? And so I find that really powerful. And then you mentioned that I kind of call myself a modern liturgist. You know, I try to share my prayers as an offering for when people might not have their own, just to put words to the beautiful moments in their lives or deeply, deeply heartbreaking moments in their lives. And that really came out of my four children. And my daughter, Eliza, joined us through adoption. She has Down syndrome and a variety of disabilities and significant medical needs. She had a seizure disorder when she was younger, and that has left her with just a variety of physical and cognitive disabilities. And when she was three, she got very sick. And it was just a cold that kept getting worse and worse. And I ended up having to take her to the emergency room. From there, she was admitted to the intensive care unit. And then she was put on a ventilator and on life support. And it was a very difficult and thin space for us. We had three other kids at home. My husband and I were trading off and on about who is going to sleep at the hospital because it was just every single day. We were reminded that we had no idea, you know, what was going to happen. So in that moment, people were saying, oh, I'm praying for you. And it felt so empty. It felt so like, what's the point? You know, what's the point of prayer? And we were doing the trade and my husband was in the hospital staying with my daughter. And I went to be with our three sons and I checked the mail and there was a little book of prayer really short prayers. And that felt like a lifeline for me. It felt like something I could hold in my hands, words that I could borrow when I didn't have my own, even if I didn't believe. It was like, I believe, help me in my unbelief, you know? like Mm -hmm. So I would just sit by her hospital bed. I couldn't even hold her hand because 
when you adjusted her body, all the numbers and all the machines would go off. I mean, she was just so, so sick. And I just was like, I read the prayers, you know, I just read the prayers and I just tried to make those words my own. And so she got better. But I also held that tension of knowing that not everybody gets better. Not everybody goes home. And I really kind of had to reckon with the new part of my own faith journey of figuring out like, what is the purpose of prayer? What is prayer? Is it meaningless? Is there something there for us? You know, these very deep and honest and real and uncomfortable questions of the mystery of faith. And so from that experience, I'm a writer. So I just started writing my own prayers, you know, and talking with other friends and family. And that kind of grew into talking with other parents across the country about things they've gone through in their lives and what do they wish they would have had? What words do they wish they would have had when they didn't have any? Mm. They just had those wordless groans. And so at the beginning of 2020, I created Liturgies for Parents on Instagram where I just would share short prayers. And I had no idea that we had a global pandemic coming down the pipeline. I had no idea that we would have like a deep, intense racial awakening in our country. All of these things where it just felt so heavy. And we were all just kind of like, what do we do? What is going on? Who am I in this? What is my family doing? Are we going to be okay? Where is God? And so that is kind of where my first book, To Light Their Way, which is a collection of prayers and liturgies for parents, kind of came out of. And then Every Season Sacred is kind of a growth out of that. I love that idea of borrowing words when we just don't have the words in those moments like you describe in that hospital room. Just needing somebody else's words. You're wanting to communicate with God, you know God, but sometimes the words don't come in those moments. So I love that, that you were able to rely on somebody else's words, and then you wanted to do the same thing for other people, help create words that we can turn to when we don't have the words. And we're all there, you know, I need to borrow your words and we can share and we can kind of hold each other up in that way. Yeah, there's a comfort in that and that's okay, you know. I think sometimes we put pressure on ourselves in some strands of Christianity to come up with all the powerful, beautiful words, you know, as opposed to just the groans or borrowing the words. That's exactly right. I'm always looking for ways to try to build healthier habits and maximize health across every front. And that's why I'm so thrilled that this podcast is sponsored by AquaTrue. AquaTrue is a water purifier that uses a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. That's a fancy way of saying the water goes through a very thorough filtering process. AquaTrue removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. I love my AquaTrue. I just fill up my giant water bottle so I can be drinking water throughout the day, which I know is so good for my body. And best of all, without the waste of plastic water bottles, AquaTrue uses the same technology utilized by all the major bottled water brands, but it's available for your home without the plastic waste. The countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They're so easy to install and they last a long time. An AquaTrue filter can last from six months to as long as two years. It's time to get peace of mind with AquaTrue. Today, my listeners receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code best of you at checkout. Plus, AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't like it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. 
One last time, that's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use code BESTOFYOU. We love our dogs and we love to take them on these long hikes in the mountains where they go for miles. We want them to be healthy for a long time to come. Well, Sundays for Dogs is healthy dog food that's actually easy to store and serve. And this fall, they have a brand new turkey recipe that your dogs are going to love. Sundays is air-dried dog food made from a short list of human-grade ingredients. It's zero prep, zero mess, and zero stress. Unlike other fresh food brands, they don't add in synthetic or artificial vitamins, minerals, or flavors. Their food is naturally complete and balanced. We've worked out a special deal for our dog-loving listeners. You'll get 35% off your first order of Sundays. Go to sundaysfordogs.com slash bestofyou or use code bestofyou at checkout. That's S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S dot com forward slash bestofyou. Upgrade your pup to Sundays and feel good about the food you feed your dog. It made me think about when you were describing that moment in the hospital, right, where you're just kind of desperate for God. So for me, I had a stroke a couple of years ago. I talk about it in The Best of You. And I remember vividly my husband, you know, had found me on the floor. I couldn't move. And he had put me in the car and we were racing. And it was during the pandemic. And he's racing me down Main Street. And I am terrified. And in that moment, prayer wasn't a friend to me because my mind knew too much. My mind was like, God doesn't always heal. And so that prayer of God, I know you're with me. I know this is going to be okay. Wasn't there for me. You don't know. My mind went to God. It doesn't, I don't know that this is going to be okay. And I'm terrified. And that for me again was that activated state of almost an anxiety prayer in that moment almost evoked anxiety versus comfort, right? And in that moment for me was the embodied comfort. So they put me through the CAT scan and I was so scared. And the woman whom I didn't know, I just said to her, I said, I'm so scared. And she put her hands on me Mm. and said, it is scary. She didn't try to make me not feel scared. And that's what was calming to me in that moment. And that, to me, in hindsight, was a form of prayer, was a form of two humans connecting, saying, yeah, this is true. It's scary. And also, God is with us, right? And that is what was calming. And I love that in the book, you're doing a lot of that, a lot of, yes, this is hard, and also, yeah. right? And as a parent, that's so much of what we're doing with our kiddos. We're not trying to say, you shouldn't feel that way because we love God. Yeah. It's, yeah, 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 this is real. And also, tell me a little bit about that as you've parented your kids through hard things. You know, in every season sacred, I write about how my husband and I when we were younger, we were on an improv acting team together. And one of the things you say in improv is yes and, right? That you just keep building, you keep building, you keep going. And I keep that yes and in mind when I'm when I'm parenting my kids. Kids have such good questions, such big questions, such hard questions. It almost seems to me like they haven't yet unlearned that curiosity uh, that so often we do as grownups. And so I love talking with them, even though they give me more questions 
than, you know, I had when I first started talking to them. And I think, you know, we often have this pressure not only to pray in a certain way, you know, but we also have a pressure to have the right answers. And what even are right answers, you know? Like, they're not really our answers to have oftentimes. And so being able to kind of sit in that messy middle space with my kids, with, you know, my neighbor, with myself, has been a growing opportunity for me because it isn't always easy, you know? It feels so much more comforting sometimes to feel like you have this black and white answer. Something is either good or it's bad. So to enter into that yes and is like entering into this divine mystery where we have to give up kind of our desire for control. Can you tell me some examples of what your kids might have come to you with, whether early on or now, where you've had to kind of pause? I tell a story about our son going to the library And walking through, you know, just the main space and seeing a headline in a newspaper. And then that night, all the kids were asleep and he came downstairs in tears. And he told my husband and I about what he had seen. And it was about a school shooting. And it was about children in his grade having to pretend to be dead. And I just, it took my breath away. I had no words in that moment because I couldn't tell him everything is okay. You know what I mean? Like it is this both and of like, we have a God who is peace and yet we have a world that is full of violence. And to navigate with him and to not have all the answers and to just sit with him and let him know that what he was feeling was so real and so valid. And I felt that way too. And yet, how do we create a sense of safety? And so, you know, I just promised him that I would do everything that I could do to make this world a more peaceful, more safer world for him and for his classmates and talk about tangible, you know, ways that we can cultivate that peace. But yeah, to me, that's a story of that kind of both and yeah, kind of a heavier story, but a very real experience. I love that. And what a moment to maybe borrow somebody else's words, right? This prayer that you've written in that moment. This is such a fresh thing that so many parents are dealing with the reality of danger in our world and in their schools. And how do we pray in those moments for ourselves, let alone help our kids know how to access the peace that passes all understanding in those moments. So tell me a little bit about how you developed a prayer for that moment. Well, my first book, To Light Their Way, there's a section for prayers of lament, prayers for our weary world. And when I submitted my manuscript, I included a prayer for gun violence in schools. And my editor was like, this is really heavy. Do you want to include this? And I said, you know, I really do. I really do because when my kids come home after doing an active shooter drill, like I need the words and I know that other parents do too. And so we did include that prayer and it is heartbreaking and it makes me sad and angry how often it's used, especially after a shooting. But I knew that when I was writing Every Season Sacred, and this happened with my son, seeing that headline as I was working on this manuscript, 
I couldn't help but reflect on that, to reflect on how do we raise our kids in rhythms of peace and nonviolence as people who claim to follow the way of Jesus, right? And so the book is split up into four seasons, and then each season has a weekly chapter. So there's 13 weeks for each season of the year. They're not dated or anything, so you know they're just flip through them as they're a resource to you. But there's the reflection, kind of this reflective essay and invitation for the parent Mm -hmm. where I share about that story with my son, right? And then I share a breath prayer, some scripture that if it's a resource to you, you can go kind of look up that's applicable to kind of the theme that I'm writing about. And then there are connection questions that are, you know, I'm kind of Dipping into my journalism background, where I just share a bunch of open-ended questions that are along with those themes, and it's for you and your family. So pick and choose what works for you, adapt them to the language that you would use, and just grab a couple and try to intentionally, during the week, work in some of those questions, right? To go a little deeper. They're not Bible study questions, but they're just questions to go deeper spiritually, to connect even about your actual lives, about how you're feeling, your your emotional state, your mental health, all of these things. And then to close the chapter, there are two prayers. And there's a prayer that is kind of shorter, very accessible language, be easier to pray with young children or developmental ages and stages where that's a little bit more accessible. And then there's another version of the prayer that's a little more liturgical, has a little more poetic feel to it, maybe a little bit deeper themes. And I just knew as I was writing this prayer, speaking into peace, speaking into nonviolence, speaking into this tension of living in um, in a world that is, is so in, entrenched in violence um, and trying to navigate that alongside our families. I just, you know, it was a prayer in my heart. I write a lot of these prayers with a notebook. <laughs> I don't know if you do that too sometimes where it wouldn't feel so intimate. All you can do is like you have to have a pen in your hand. That's how I feel. And so I just remember sitting with my notebook just crying and just asking God to do something with these jumbled cries in my heart, you know. And so I hope that it brings a sense of peace and a sense of if you don't have the words to pray, take mine. I think what I love about this offering is that you didn't shy away from these really hard topics that meet parents where they are in today's world specifically. Um, I think you talk about technology even a little bit, right? Which is another, I mean, how are we praying for our kids through the world of navigating technology, right? So it's seasonal, but these liturgies are very current. And these are the things that are on our hearts on how do we even pray through these things? We barely understand them. Exactly. Right. And yet we're trying to not only walk our kids through them in terms of guiding our kids to have healthy boundaries, guiding our kids to be safe, guiding our kids to be well-equipped psychologically, mentally, emotionally, but guiding them spiritually, right? That's really where you're coming in and saying we have to guide not only ourselves, but our kids through these very different landmines than many of us faced spiritually. You know, I tried to create the resource that I need in my life right now. Yeah. And not because I am an expert, but just because I am working through this journey with you and with my kids alongside you. And I'm really grateful 
for the authors, the theologians, the pastors, the artists, the poets, the activists, all of the people that I was able to reference and draw their work in to Every Season Sacred is not just my experiences of parenting or of faith or of trying to integrate, you know, our beliefs into how we're actually living every day in our actual lives and homes and neighborhoods. And so I feel really grateful for that opportunity. And in the back of the book, you know, you might be going through a season of, you know, like Catherine May says, wintering, right? And it might be summer. So if you go to the back of the book, you can find those themes if you're really struggling maybe with seasonal depression or or grief or kind of this isolation that sometimes happens in the winter. You can go find that and read that even if it's the 4th of July, you know? So I want it to be this resource that serves you when you need it and kind of how you need it. I love that. That's so powerful. What are some rhythms that you rely on? Obviously writing, creating, art is a huge rhythm for you. But how do you incorporate that in your day with four kids? Your, your life is busy. Life is messy. How do you keep those rhythms up in your own life? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it changes all the time. It changes by the day. It changes by the season that we're in. You know, now that we've kind of gotten into the fall and looking to winter, my days are a little different than in the summer when my four kids were home every day, you know? So I have a little more margin in my life, but sometimes the best I can do is, I talked about my daughter. Um, She's in diapers. She may always use diapers. And I have made it a spiritual practice that when I change a diaper, that is a prayer because it can be really hard. And my brain can immediately go to what if and what is this going to look like five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now. And so for me, it's a spiritual discipline to see changing her diaper and looking at her as a prayer and remembering that she is beloved and that I am beloved and that All we need is every day. You know, we just need God for right now. We need manna for the day. And I love the verse about the lilies and the sparrows, right? Because it brings me a lot of hope that if God cares so deeply for the sparrow, how much more does God care about me? And sometimes I just have to remember that and let, you know, my breath become a prayer. Breath prayers are a great resource for me. And I often fall back on simply breathing in, oh God and breathing out, you are with me. And sometimes that's all I have the margin for it. And that's okay. I love that. I love that every diaper that you change is a prayer. I love that, right? It's like, to me, it reminds me of that moment in the ER when the woman, it felt like a prayer when she just put her hands on me and said, it is scary, honey. I'm here. You know, it's those moments that are sacred, right? It's not always the eloquence of the words or the number of minutes on the clock that we spend quietly with our eyes closed and our hands folded in a quiet time. You know, Mm -hmm. it's those moments. And I love that. I love the very concrete. Every time I change a diaper, this matters. There's great meaning in this moment. And I'm honoring that with God. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's so frustrating when you're trying to fall asleep at night. You know you should be sleeping, but your racing thoughts are keeping you awake. I think therapy can help all of us from time to time work through the various thoughts that are holding us back, work through pain from the past, work to develop healthier coping skills. We all need someone to come alongside of us from time to time. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You'll just fill out a brief questionnaire. If your faith is important to you, be sure to mention that in the questionnaire. You'll get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash best of you today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash best of you. Getting high quality food and household essentials delivered right to my doorstep, whether it's my favorite Dave's Killer Bread, incredible wine or seventh generation cleaning supplies has been a game changer for me. I love that Thrive Market only allows trusted top quality ingredients while restricting thousands of harmful ingredients like artificial flavors, high fructose corn syrup and more. And with just a few clicks, I can filter out ingredients that I don't want, like gluten or high sugar content, making it so easy to find the items I need for my family. Best of all, when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash best of you for 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash best of you. Thrivemarket.com slash best of you. A recent survey found that 7 in 10 parents get an average of just three hours of sleep a night in their baby's first year. Moms, you deserve to have quality sleep. And I know one thing that will help. It's Cozy Earth. You can discover the secret to better sleep with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products. And here's an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for our listeners. Use code BESTOFYOU for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Cozy Earth bedding products are crafted with temperature-regulating technology that adapts to your body's needs through all phases of motherhood. And they use only the very best fabrics, materials, and weaves, offering superior softness that invites you to sink into a world of comfort. The best part is Cozy Earth stands by the quality and longevity of their products. Enjoy a 100-night sleep trial and a 10-year warranty on all purchases. They're built to last through the hardest days and the longest nights. Treat yourself to ultimate comfort with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code BESTOFYOU for an exclusive 35% off. The luxury she deserves. Cozy Earth. Is there anything else you would want to share just about your heart for prayer, your heart for folks whose lives are are messy, Mm -hmm. you know, who are struggling, maybe are feeling the disappointment of unanswered prayers. When I think about my book, it's called Every Season Sacred. And what that doesn't mean is every season comfortable, easy, explainable, what you wanted, happy, all of these things. That's not what I mean when I say sacred. You know, when I say sacred, I just mean that we can experience God even if, even when. And so, you know, I just hope and I really pray that if somebody, you know, cracks open the book that they would feel an exhale and mm-hmm. not feel any sense of shame. But if they're holding frustration, 
or doubt that they would feel not alone in it. Even though I cannot answer those questions because I have my own questions and I'm sitting there right alongside you in the unknown, but I will be there, you know, kind of with you. And above all of that, we have this divine presence who won't leave us and, and won't forsake us, even when it really, really, really feels like that's not the case. Yeah, right. It's the not aloneness that is also a form of prayer. When we think about, again, this idea that, you know, prayer is, you know, what I inherited is sort of closing your eyes, folding your hands, a certain number of minutes, going through a certain, and there's a place for that. And there are times when that's really meaningful Mm -hmm. to me. Um, But we think about group prayer, right, as being with a bunch of people and closing our eyes and saying, and that can also be meaningful. But what I love about what you're getting at is this almost deeper, what's the thing beneath the thing, which is it's feeling not alone. It's not as so much about the way we're able to put things into words. It's the, oh, I'm not alone in this. And that Mm -hmm. takes us a little bit closer to God, which is the goal of prayer, to take us a little bit closer to God, right? right? And so the reading someone else's words and saying, oh my gosh, she's articulating exactly what I feel in this moment. I'm not alone. Our nervous system relaxes and we're experiencing a little bit of a glimmer of God. Right. And I love that. I love that sort of not aloneness being a form of offering of collective prayer. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's really beautiful. That's what we want. Yeah. I wonder, you know, like, do I need to draw nearer to God or is God already so near to me? And all I need to do is be awake to it. All I need to do is notice, to pay attention, you know? Like there is no mm-hmm. prayer that is going to make God love us anymore or give us extra blessings or, you know, mm-hmm. extra presence, but like we have that very intimate Emmanuel, God with us all mm-hmm. the time, but it can be hard to notice that and to feel that sometimes. Yeah, and that moment of, oh my gosh, that's what I'm feeling. Gives us that exhale. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. That, like, that, I just, like, feel myself. Okay. Yeah. Right. God, you are you are right here, right mm-hmm. now in this mm-hmm. moment. And yeah. we need each other. We need yeah. each other to usher that in. And again, it's, it's so much a part of my own experience. I can almost go into a fight, a nervous system mm. fight response to try to get to prayer <laughs> as opposed right. to the deep breath of, oh, right, God, you're already here. Mm-hmm. I don't have to fight That's so right. hard. Yes. And I don't have to work so hard to get to the answers that I feel like I should have. Instead, I can just breathe in your presence, the fact mm-hmm. that you are right yeah. here. Um, and that is a really powerful integration of spirit and body mm. in that moment, that breath. And those are powerful moments throughout the day of just noticing. Yeah, exactly. And the back of the book, I just couldn't stop (laughs) when I was writing Every Season Sacred. I just kept thinking, this could be a resource, or maybe this could be a resource. So in the back of the book, there are these kind of practical, very tangible resources that you can kind of flip to. And one of them is just a very gentle and brief introduction into praying the examine. And, you know, we won't Mm. get into all of that here, but it's just this kind of at the end of your day, We all eventually, hopefully, go to sleep. And before going to sleep, just reflecting on our day and where God was with us and just making that a practice. It doesn't have to be this big thing. And um, I'm really grateful for 
for the people that have kind of introduced that to me because it yeah. helps me. Otherwise, I'm just moving on to the next thing, you know, and yeah. it is so helpful to be able to reflect on that. Yeah. And it's inviting God to be with me where I am. Am as opposed to getting myself into a state of telling God where I think I should be. You know, it's an inviting, it's like, this is what I'm thinking about, which we're doing anyway, right, right before we go to sleep, right? Yeah, we're kind of yeah. replaying the tape of our days. It's becoming mm-hmm. mindful of that. Here's what I'm worried about. Here's what I'm thinking about. Here's what's on my mind, mm-hmm. comma, God. Right. It's turning already what we're doing. And like when we're ruminating or we're worried or we're in a big emotion, sometimes we do need to take that deep breath to become aware. Oh, I'm worried. Oh, I'm anxious. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sad. Oh, I'm scared. And then it's almost like that comma. God, I'm worried. That just becomes a prayer. That's what I love about that daily sort of that idea of the exam. And that's not exactly what it is. And you do a great job in the book of describing it. I love that. Mm. But in my own life, I've almost just simplified it to this is what I'm already thinking about. This is what I'm already worried about. God, here we are. Right. And that deep breath of inviting God in becomes the best sort of Mm -hmm. prayer. And suddenly when you start Mm -hmm. to do that, you're praying all day long. Right. You know, even when you're in the car pickup lane and mm-hmm. you're kind of thinking about how am I going to get to this? How am I, you know, all the things that are yeah. going in our line, it's just that pause. And it does require a little bit of that differentiation we talk about where we are pausing to notice, oh, I'm frantically rifling through my mental to do list right now. Oh, God, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Can you come join me in that? Yeah. Can you come join me as I take a deep breath and try to, you know, could you join me in my to-do list mm-hmm. as opposed to what's wrong with me? I should be mm. praying vigilantly for all these children I'm seeing in front of me, right? That's a little oh, bit of how yeah. my brain works. Those shoulds, those are dangerous. Right, the shoulds, yeah. right? <laughs> as opposed to actually, I'm really worried about all the things I have to get done. Yeah. God, join me in that moment. And exactly. and so again, that's so much I I love about what you're doing and and just kind of recasting prayer mm-hmm. as growing out of what we're already facing yes. throughout our days. Yeah, that's you know, I just pray that this would be yes, an invitation into contemplation, but also a resource for you in your actual messy, complicated, busy, overwhelming here and there and everywhere lives, you know, like, like this is accessible to us right now. Yeah. Amen. Well, I feel like this whole conversation in a way has been a form of prayer, mm. right? We're present to each other as we're trying to unpack what is a simple concept, but also sometimes a complicated yeah. concept, this idea of prayer, right? Even mm-hmm. as we're talking, absolutely. you know, my sense is God is here. You and I are talking. We're trying to think about how prayer functions in our lives. And also God is right with us as we're, we're unpacking that. Yeah. And suddenly this conversation becomes a living form. Mm-hmm. And we're inviting those who are listening. You know, yeah. as you're listening, that's our hope that you would even just right now begin to notice, mm. oh, wait a minute, God is right here yeah. as I'm listening. I don't have to shift gears. I can just notice where I am and invite God into that, um, yeah. just as you and I are doing right now. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful, Allison. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for creating this space 
for people to connect to God in all of these ways. Tell people how they can find you, how they can find your work. Yeah, thank you. I love having a thoughtful conversation like this. I feel like it ministers to my soul and it offers me an exhale. So thank you for your thoughtful questions and conversations. And I love connecting with people in real life. You know what I mean? And so um, I would love, I love hearing your stories and you can find me at kaylacraig.com. That's where you can find my newsletter to sign up for. I call it kind of a care package of prayers. (laughs) I have Liturgies for Parents podcast. That's a weekly kind of meditation where every Monday I just offer a prayer, some scripture and a benediction, if that is kind of a resource to you in your busy days. And you can find me on Instagram at liturgies for parents. And my personal account is Kayla underscore Craig, where I just kind of share glimpses of my life. And I really love connecting with people. My new book is Every Season Sacred, which is a resource to use throughout the year. And then my other book is To Light Their Way, which is a collection of prayers and liturgies for parents. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all of your hard-earned wisdom with so many. And we're just grateful for you and for your family and for all the work that you're doing and sending you with lots of love as you head out into the rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks, Kayla. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of The Best of You. It would mean so much if you take a moment to subscribe. You can go to Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts and click the plus or follow button. That will ensure you don't miss an episode and it helps get the word out to others. While you're there, I'd love it if you leave your five-star review. I look forward to seeing you back here next Thursday. And remember, as you become the best of who you are, you honor God, you heal others, and you stay true to your God-given self.